Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Let's do it. All right. Hey, you're listening to the Work For It podcast. This is Brian House here. This show and all future and past shows have been sponsored by the beautiful friggin' people at Patreon. So if you're a patron member, you pay into this $10.80 a year, or if you want to jump up, there's other tiers. You can, you can pay a little more, and that keeps the show commercial-free and flowing, and it helps pay for us to go to things like Blade Show, which is coming up, by the way. In another week and a half or less, uh, Blade Show will be... Ha- Actually, it's what, a, what a, like a week away now? Is that what it is? I can't even remember now. But uh, it's coming up soon. And all of that money goes right back into producing the show and then having us be able to go out and visit with you guys at these events. So we truly appreciate everyone over there. And also... We've got two sponsors of the show, BakerForge.com. Coy Baker and the boys are producing the best steel billets in the world. Hands down, amazing pieces of steel for your next knife project, and you'll be surprised at how affordable it is. If you use WFI10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off, and you'll go, how in the hell can I buy this beautiful piece of steel? And and I've talked to a handful of people who have bought a $100 billet from Baker Forge and turned around and sold those blades for $600,000, $700,000 they get back from that investment. So think about that for a minute. Where else can you turn a $700,000? $700,000. Where can you take a $100 investment and turn it around to almost a million? Come on, no, not no. Of course not. But like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Seven hundred bucks, thousand bucks. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty cool thing. So go check out BakerForge.com, and then when you're ready to put handle material on it, let's say you need an abrasive belt to put on your grinder, your Revolution grinder that you're grinding out all of your blade steel with. You go over to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and you talk to Lawrence and you say, Lawrence, I got this beautiful billet from Baker Forge, and I don't want to fuck it up. How and why and where? What do I need? And he will fill you, fill in the gaps for you, give you what you need, sell it to you, and ship it really freaking quick. The beautiful part about working with somebody like Lawrence is he's a maker too. So he uh, knows a lot about what you're up to, and you're helping support someone who is in the maker community, and that's Lawrence Lake. So check out Maritime Knife Supply dot com for all your gear all right and i think if you're in canada and you want a piece of baker forge steel you can get it from we're all in bed together you see how this works oh, yeah. it's very incestual you, you, it's <laughs> yeah, it's baby. like that uh that that uh forbidden Ju- pornography Ju- Ju- that some Cousins. people are into Whoa, hold on. Woo! I was like, going to say Game of Thrones, but fi- forbidden pornography. That's yeah. Episode yeah. one of Game of Thrones is literally like, wait oh, a minute. A fucking <laughs> <soft> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. They're brother and sister? Let's do it, baby. You're working for it right here. 
Welcome excitement. to the Appalachian Come Mountains, where it's okay to date your cousin. Near, 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 I had to cut near, you off there a little do bit. You hear, do you hear banjo music? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you sure do have a purdy mouth. All right. Let me this hear is you fun. squeal. See you guys. <laughs> See you guys next time. Adios, amigo. All right, all right. So, uh, real quick, I um, I wanted to just share something that happened to me today. It was kind of inspiring. So, I went this morning early to pick up my. At, I went to Harbor Freight, which is which is one of my favorite places. Dude, you guys can judge me oh all man. you want, but I love Harbor Freight. So, I will talk uh, to you about Harbor Freight when you're done here because I got a theory on them. All right, all right. So I bought two U.S. General tool carts. They're a little different. Each one's a little different. But I've been looking, because I've got the CNC machine, there's a lot of, like, little measuring tools, a bunch of different things that I need to store away that are, like, expensive and I don't want to just leave out on a counter somewhere. So um, I bought these carts, and I had to order them, and then they shipped in. And anyway, I got picked them up today. And I'm waiting to, and talking with the guy at the front uh, he's a Harbor Freight employee and he was an older guy and I could tell he wasn't from Florida. So I started up a conversation with him. It turns out he's from Columbus, Ohio. Aww. He moved here 10 years ago to, uh, help his daughter. His daughter had been struggling with some substance abuse problems and he came down to just kind of like help out with that to try to get her back on track. And he said, I had, I, that's my job. That was my business. I was in a drug. I was a drug and alcohol rehabilitation officer for like a hospital. And that's the work he did. And he dedicated his life to the process of getting people sober and helping them with with that. And it was just a fantastic conversation. And at the very end, you know, he told me some like really like intimate things like he, he had just lost his daughter-in-law, died during childbirth and Oof. she passed oh. away and the baby passed away. It was like sad. Oh, and he goes, me. but he ends the conversation with this. He goes, yeah, but here's the, the silver lining. He goes, it sucks that she's she's gone and she passed away. It's awful. But it was like their 11th child that they were having. So like these, these people were like legit having 10 kids. <laughs> And this was the 11th, and he was like, it's, you know, it's part of the process Maybe of life. Blessing and, in disguise, eh? Yeah, a little bit. And and also, I, a, a close friend of mine lost their youngest son last week, uh, oh. too, uh, had, and it was tragic. This young man uh, was a marathon runner, very healthy, and he uh, he went to the gym to do a sauna and... Uh, some breath work in the pool and he must have gotten dehydrated while he was in the pool and he drowned. Um, and, and it was brutal wow. because he, someone found him like after a while and resuscitated oh. him, but he never oh. fully came back. Oh. They ended up donating all of his organs. I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, wow, this is a real downer. <laughs> How the I'm going to, I'm going to bring it right back. Head. You, you watch Brian. I'm, I'm I, you listen out yeah. here. He's, he's gone and it's unfortunate um, yeah. very sad. And, but the parents and him and his wishes, he was 22 years old. All of his organs went to save lives in other capacities. Nice. People are going to be able to see yeah. because of him. People are going to be able to uh, have a new yeah. heart and a new liver because of him. I lost and a good I, friend uh, in his twenties and he did the same thing. And it was just really cool. 
you know. It's it's, so it's a real cool. I'm an organ donor. You guys organ donors? Yeah, yes, by chance? I am. Okay. Nobody's gonna Same want here. any of mine. I've pretty much crashed <laughs> them all. But. I'm, I'm I was hoping I could get a piece of your colon when you die. Oh, you know, I love, very a, much I love a piece of your butthole. You know. Um, so to give you a little sphincter. <laughs> So I started thinking about I this after this. Let, just give me two seconds here. After I started, after I had this conversation with this fine man at uh, Harbor Freight, I'm loaded up my toolboxes and I'm on the road. I started thinking about how short of a period of time we get on Earth, and you know how we oh, yeah. and I always talk about. You know, hey, there's an urgency in my voice. Like, do not sit on the couch. Do not wait for good things to happen to you. You must take action. You must stand up. You must. No one is going to give it to you. You're going to have to go out and take it. And at any moment, your life can change in a blink of an eye. And if that is not enough motivation for you to get up right now and go pursue your dreams, I don't know what is. You know, you think it's never going to happen to you. It might happen to someone close to you. There might be, uh, you know, some minor changes in your life. But you're you're totally 100 percent content with just the status quo. Well, I will tell you that that is a path in my mind to a lesser life, which I've never wanted. You know, you could call it a disease. You could call it whatever you want. But I'm always struggling and striving for more. I don't fully know why. I just know that at some point my impact on this planet will come to an end. I will never be able to. There'll be a day where I'll say, that's it. That's all I can do. I'm done. That's it. I'm over. And that'll probably be the day I die. However, what I leave behind, the legacy, the things that we are doing, those will live on forever. And you could make a dent in this world and change the world for the better. So get up, get out there, go working. I hope you're doing it right now as you're listening to my voice. You know that every single step you take today, whether it be a small step or a big step, that you're making an impact on the community you're a part of. So anyway, that's the way I see it. And um, that's it, man. You gotta, you gotta just, just know. And I had a hard time learning. Like when I was in my twenties, I always thought I was freaking, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was never going to die. I was invincible. I could do anything. And then now, because I'm like, you know, I'm on the other end of like crawling towards 50, I start thinking like, oh, shit, well, I've only got a handful of things left to do here. I I, I don't know how much time I got left. So let let me ask you this. In your head, when you think about yourself, and this is for both of you, when you think about yourself, how old are you? I don't know. I'm still 30, I think. See, here's the thing. I'm just about to turn 30 this year. So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of there, you know? I'm, I'm like, 16. (laughs) Honestly, maturity or mental wise? I I see. Just in my head, when I think about my own self, my brain goes almost, you know, to teenage years. I I don't know what it's a, it's the weirdest thing. Christy and I talk about it all the time. I said, I, uh, it's like I, it's like in my head I've never grown up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and it's really strange. It gets in the way at times, you know. Other times it's helpful, but I wonder. I've I've always wondered about other folks where what age they think of themselves at because I think that has a a big impact on um, your ability to lead, your ability to motivate yourself. 
your ability to motivate others, your ability to run a business, your ability to be a, a employee, all, you know, a lot of things, your own self image drives a lot of that outward facing stuff. And so like, I often find myself wishing, like, I wish I'd fucking grow up in my head. Nah, <laughs> you know? nah. But you know, I think I, like, there's a benefit so to that too, that you think oh, you're huge. younger than you really are. And maybe that's a safety mechanism for you. Cause you've had a lot of health issues. You know, that's pro- probably part of it. Cause you're like, fuck I it. I think it's it like, is. Never I know, know I won't, you know? uh, I know I won't live to 90, you know, I, I got no pipe dreams uh, that I'm going to, you know, die of old fucking age. Um, and so I think, I, but I've also never, um, I've never strongly considered death either. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. feel like it's something coming for me. I don't feel like my time's ticking. Um, but at the same token, I know my time's short. And I think that drum beat in the background is what pushes me constantly to do more and more and more. You know, yeah. So here's here's my kind of perspective on it. So I as I've talked about in the past a little bit, I do have a fair bit of anxiety. So yeah. one of the things that I catch myself in is sometimes I'll just think about, okay, what if I died right now? What would happen? Like what? And then I'd kind of go on the spiral of, okay, well, this person would be affected. That thing would be affected. This would not get done. That knife wouldn't get done. I know if I died, the last thing that would be on people's mind is, oh, well, this customer didn't get their knife. They would like, come on. That's, that's, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, that motherfucker owed me a sucker leaving all this fucking work for me to do. What the fuck? (laughs) But here's the thing though, is like, I find myself really like in those moments, I really think about what it is that my, my life is going towards and what, what is, what am I working towards? And I always come out on the other side, super Mm. motivated to bust my ass Mm. and work harder. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know if maybe that's just like my own thing where I I try to take that anxiety and flip it towards a positive thing towards the end. But see, that's where I think my teenage self image trips me up because I have a harder time seeing what it is I'm working for. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I, I can see it, but it takes a little, it takes more effort for me. I feel like for some strange fucking reason, um, you know, I, uh, I have a hard time looking at it and, you know, well, as an example, right. And I've, I've shared on the show a couple times now, just, it's taken me a very long time to settle into what it is I'm doing now and feel good about it and feel like I'm accomplishing something and I'm being successful. And I think mm. some of that is just because I've never, that my, my teenage self image didn't set that as a fucking goal, you know? <laughs> um, hmm. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, a little rabbit hole there, but uh, that's all right. Yeah. 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 No, it, I think it, it's, it's something that we need to, put in perspective um at least a few times a year to kind of do um almost like a progress health report on you know what you know really there's so many of us have gotten caught up in the concept of well i have to make this amount of money this year and that's like that becomes like the main focus right you need to do a certain amount of business and you need to do uh you need to take care of your family and all of that i will say as you get older and those things start becoming less of a focus, then your brain is f- freed up to, you know, really examine what your station is in life 
and then yeah. say and then it time to take a you know let's take the the temperature of this thing are we really doing what we want to do mm-hmm. unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that way too late in the game learn this and it's funny because um, th- we have a lot of customers who buy into our projects who m- will message me and say, I'm, I'm retiring and I need something to do. So I'm going to build your grinder or your forge or whatever, and I'm going to start metalwork. And they'll go on kind of and, t- and give me like a piece of advice like, hey, I know hmm. you're following your dreams, but I waited way too long or a couple of guys are like mid process of building. Mm. Like what we have, I had one guy build the grinder and he at the very end of the project threw his back out. Oh no. And he went uh, to the hospital to, or went to a doctor to get it all looked at and stuff. Cause he was in really a lot of pain and they found something in his spine that needed to be repaired. Oh, so they went and did a repair on his spine and he was in a coma for two months after oh, the surgery. God. Well, so he met like his wife messaged me because we were in the middle of like this gentleman and I were I was working up an order for him. And she went through her the his emails and saw it. And she just messaged me and said, like, hey, Mike is in the hospital. He's in a coma and um, we don't know if he's ever going to come out of it. And, you know, all this shit. Right. Well, all of a sudden, like two months later, I get a freaking Facebook message from him and he's like, hey, but man, I woke up like, holy shit, like, oh, my God. And uh, so I call him, you know, on Facebook Messenger. I, I, you know, I knew he would love to hear my voice because he follows everything I've been doing for the last five years. And I was like, hey, just let me know what's a good time because he's in Australia. So. I called him and we chatted on the phone and then, um, but unfortunately like hit the right side of his body was like not functional. So, but he's coming out of it. I would keep up with him weekly. He emails me and gives me updates and stuff. So he's starting to get movement in his hand. Yes. Yes. He's doing great things. So, uh, if you have a minute and you, you know, if you've got a, you know, a connection to the man upstairs or whoever, you know, think about Mike and send him some love. He's a good dude. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but that's another classic example of somebody like, you know, he's retired. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, this is like a gentleman who has a lot of money. He he was a, a made uh, all of his money in patents, you know, and that's why he loves my work, because he's yeah. you know, he's so interested in like why I decided not to patent any of my projects. And stuff. And, <laughs> I was going to say he's looking yeah. at trying to patent your stuff out of under you. No, no. And he <laughs> understands. He he did tell me too just about what every other patent attorney told me, which is all the same shit, which is like patents don't mean shit anymore unless you have a yeah. ton of money to back them up. But right. the, you know, the, the it's really kind of interesting. However, I get this front row seat to listening to people. Yeah. Give me advice and say, like, don't fucking wait. Mm-hmm. Do the thing you hey, want I can, to do now. I can say it. I, I'm going through it firsthand. You know, the world smacked me in the, right between the fucking eyes over a year and a half ago. And, you know, found me having to leave my job. I'd worked for 12 fucking years and uh, figure out a way to make ends meet and be a stay-at-home dad f- for part of the time and start a business and... Yeah, and 
I can tell you from firsthand experience, if you're not at all prepared for it, it's a fucking rough go, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, at least and, for a little while. And you might be thinking, like, what's all this about? Like, why am I bringing this up? And and uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, I actually have to go have some surgery myself. And, oh, no um, shit. You know, thinking a lot about that and going in under the knife and all that. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was uh, like about a month ago. <clears throat> I uh, went to a doctor for a standard. Off, huh? Well, when for his standard routine <laughs> checkup, it's, you know, they, they saw that you're walking lopsided and they just yeah. need to fix I'm the whole problem. so huge. They have to take some of it away. Well, well, it's, it's similar to that, but it's like, they oh, found come on. It's, <laughs> yeah, so, I, I it was, yeah. I went in for a standard routine checkup and it turns oh, out dude. that I have to get that ball reduction surgery that I've been wanting. Yeah. My balls are just way Other, too yeah, way fucking too big. big. Otherwise, I'll cut to them back right surgery, down. Surgery, so. huh? Now, are you gonna are you get, gonna reduce the size of them? Or are you gonna do the Hitler thing where you only you take off one and only have them? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna reduce the size of them, and then we're gonna then uh, I'm signing some documents that says when I die, they're gonna get put in the Smithsonian. Oh. Or the Guinness World Book of Records or something. They want to document some, this. Some 22-year-old kid because then he'll be the fucking man. That's right. That's right. So anyway, I'm joking, by the way. I don't need surgery. That was just a joke. Okay. But uh, Wait, um, seriously? I mean, not yet. <laughs> well, you guys wouldn't let me finish the fucking joke. You already started fucking, you know, know yakking on me and making funny, fun of me about dick reduction <laughs> surgery. It's exactly where I was going. See, this is the thing. I can't even tell a fucking joke anymore. (laughs) Damn it. So anyway, I talked enough. What do you, uh, Brian, give me the, uh, give me the elevator pitch. What are you working on this week? Well, so here's the thing. I, I try to do a really cool thing and upgrade my shop. I got an air blast cabinet this past weekend when I was down near Matt Gentry shop. Um, so I was able to kind of reel that all into one big thing. I picked it up it, and it happened to be like 15 minutes down the road from Matt Gentry. So I went and hung out with him. Really cool. Brought it home, realized, you know, my air compressor isn't nearly large enough to run this sandblast cabinet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, luckily my soon to be father-in-law has a couple really giant air compressors that he's not using. So we go and pick that thing up. We get that thing home and it's just an absolute bear to load up and unload because it's it's a pretty big thing. And the the other thing is the um the little tag on it that'll kind of give you all the specs is gone. So I have no all, literally all, all every everything I know about it is it's it's an Astro Air. I don't even know, mm-hmm. it's an old one. I don't fucking mm-hmm. know. So I go to plug it in and turn it on and first of all I'm looking at it. There's no on or off switch. There's no like how am I even going to know, is it going to even shut off when it gets full? Like this thing is kind of on the sketchy side, whatever. It's what I have and it was free. I'm not going to complain. So I turn it on and it gets up to maybe it, it has a max of like 150 PSI or whatever. And it gets to maybe a hundred and it blows the, the uh, fuse box. Mm. So I go inside, go back downstairs, turn it on. It immediately blows. So I was yep. like, oh, son of a bitch. This is, this is too, it's drawing too much power. I literally cannot power it. So mm-hmm. now my air compressor, which is nice and big, literally cannot be run in the shop to run my sandblast cabinet. So 
Who knows? Damn. Am I am I gonna have to get another one? Am I gonna have to upgrade no. the wiring yeah. to my I'll shop? Up- yeah. Well, that's yeah. easy, dude. Just put a that's bigger easy. breaker. In. Well, yeah. how the hell? It, I've never done this before. I don't okay. even well, know the let first me just thing give about you- it. Let me give you a quick tutorial. It's super easy. You're just going to want to know, like, the gauge of wire that you want to run and, mm-hmm. you know, how you're going to do that. That's usually the hardest part. Like, no joke, getting the wire from the breaker box to your shop is the is the hardest part. Absolutely. If it were me, I would put in a chase that is like a one or two inch chase, which is like a, you can get plastic or metal. Probably plastic would be more cheap. And I would... The reason I would go that big is because you're going to probably want to upgrade more circuitry anyway yeah. in the future. Right. So you, you're you doing all this work twice. Why would you do that? You know, put Does the big chase in. panel have room, Beacon? That's, that'd be probably the very first thing to look. Is Take a picture of your panel. Send it to me yeah. and Ben because we can walk you through this. This is really you'll simple. Be, Honestly, you'll you are, be it's, it's like it it's 10 steps away from me. You want me to go do that now? No, no, take it after the show. We'll we'll okay, we'll right. we'll deal with it after the show. And the, yeah, but it's super it, easy. I run power all the time in my shop, and Sarah and is always saying like, "I can't believe you know how to do this shit." And I'm like, "It's and it's no offense if you're a Sparky, wires. if you're a, an electrician, no offense, but it is not rocket science. You, it's no. definitely <laughs> dangerous. You don't want to do it without any guidance. But yeah, you know, it's you know, I have I've hired electricians. Uh, to do professional electrical work, and I look at it and go, I paid twelve hundred dollars for this. Yeah. Like it, it's not good. Especially with so, house yeah. wiring and stuff, you know. Like my one of my uncles is a brilliant electrician, but he runs his own business contracting to a lot of the powdered metal plants in in town back in PA, you know. And he's dealing with massive electrical circuits, you know, and huge kilns and massive machines and wiring all that and figuring out power requirements and this and that the other thing when it comes to like wiring for your shop or wiring for your house uh 120 or 220 both are just so dead simple right Um, you know once you do it once you'll be like shit in fact so i've had jack wire up a 220 outlet in my shop okay it's that that uh, now i'm starting to realize that it's not nearly Yeah, it, I'm and just realizing that it. it's not nearly as daunting as I thought. I already know that I'm going to have to run 220 out to the shop eventually. So, you know, if if I'm going to run 220, I might as well just run another line out there. But, and as long my, as you got the panel room, that'll be that's the biggest. The, that's the thing. I don't know that I do. Yeah. Well, they, well, you they can make piggyback a... circuits. There's a piggyback thing or what do they call that? House. Yep, uh, um, there's a uh, there's a dual breaker that yeah. you can put in place of breakers, and I can hear all the electricians banging their heads right now. I got a dual <laughs> two twenty in my shop. One's a thirty amp, and one's a twenty amp. And and yeah, and it's it's not the safest thing because you know these these guys would rather you see you put in a sub panel sure. or something. But we're talking a lot of money for a sub panel where oh. you know if you decide you want to. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to go through it now, yeah. but it's definitely something we can walk you through. And online, what's really great about this is that online there's all of these resources where you can say like, "Hey, I need to run a wire 50 feet yeah. and it's going to, you know, it's going to be this uh this amount of voltage that I'm pulling on it and or this amount of amperage that I need to be able to uh sustain and they it'll give you the the type of wire you need to buy. The gauge 
and what's like up to code in your area. It's just super easy to do. Yeah. And you Sweet. could, if you have somebody that's got anywhere, like, you know, my dad's a GC. So my dad comes over and looks at all of my electrical. He walks through and he goes, yep, you did this right. You did this right. You did this mm-hmm. wrong. You have to fix this. And hey, he'll I sign just, off uh, on it. Yeah. I just happened to become a general contractor last week. Did you really? You have a GC yeah, license? Get I the do. fuck out of here. It's $35 in proof of liability insurance in the great state of Idaho. That's uh, pretty much all it takes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh. One last thing before we switch over to Ben and his week. Um, here's something that I did. You know how I've kind of had an issue with leaving shit in gator piss for too long? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. here's the thing that I just got a, a $20 upgrade. That absolutely changes the fucking game. Okay. I, I went into pets. I went into PetSmart and got the cheapest little air bubbler for a fish tank. Like literally, it's it's a little pack. You put a couple D D batteries in it. It's got a tube with a little a air stone D at the bottom to it. keep it down at the bottom, and it just gives a little bit of a little bubble flow. You put a knife in the center okay. of that bubble flow. It took an etch literally in like two minutes. A good so, edge. You leave that thing that? for five minutes, and that shit will be dark. How does it? How does that change what's going on in there? I, I'm so ignorant. here's the thing. So when you have stagnant acid, like if there's no bubbles in it, you put uh-huh. it down in there, and the acid will etch at it. And of course, Koi Baker is probably screaming, "No, that's not how it works." But the acid, the acid is etching it. The acid is etching it, and. Um, it's the oxidation. So when it comes into contact with the air, speeds oh, up that process. So you're adding so, oxygen to the, the solution. I see. All of those little bubbles, you know, kind of cascading over your blade makes it so that there's an, an oxidation layer can happen a lot faster because there's oxygen mm. touching it. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. So, a lot of sense. I yeah. saw a reel on Instagram and it was Micah Dunn. Mm-hmm. Uh, from MD Edgeworks, I think is his handle on Instagram, and he had the bubbler going, and I thought, wow, that is really ingenious. Yeah. And then someone took it a step further. Have you ever seen these? Um, they're like mixing, uh, magnetic mixing things where you put, a, like, say, a can <laughs> yeah. of paint on yep. a yep. thing, and then you drop a metal, looks like a pill, into it. And then you flip on the power and it spins this pill. It's like a paddle down inside. So they tried it with gator piss and it was the same effect because it kind of created a tornado effect in their etchant tank. I'm like, man, people are really starting to, you know, think about this process and making it happen. So that's cool. When you don't have to manufacture the piss, right, it gives you more time to invent other shit. Yeah. Uh, right. And and just, I will just give them a great a little shout out right now. If you're not using gator piss as your etchant, you're behind the eight ball. Don't bother trying to mix your own stuff. Don't even think about it. Just go to bakerforge.com and get yourself some gator piss. And you can use the code WFI ten and save ten freaking percent on your purchase. What are you waiting for? Here's the other thing. I know it's made specifically for Damascus, but I've done a couple 1084 
high carbon steel blades in oh, it. Oh yeah, looks great. Yeah. Looks fantastic. Magna Cut it, is a dream in it. Magna Cut, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say we've been experimenting with Magna Cut and Gator Piss, and it's fucking nice. I mean, it yeah. works. It gives oh, it yeah. really kind of a great contrast, and then you can throw it in the tumbler and stone wash it. It's that's great. Nice. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm doing a blade specifically to take with me to blade show. And I'm just doing a little harpoon clip, you know, maybe four and a half you inch blade. Brown bag and brine. Is that no, what's I'm not, going on here? I specifically oh, am not again. selling it at Blade Show. I'm just taking it to show Bullshit. off what I can Bullshit. do. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. I'm not brown bagging. Get out of here. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Well, hey, cool. Be. That's that's Bye. awesome. I love these experiments that you're doing i love hearing about them i think it's fantastic i love it when brent does it in the shop here too so super nerdy shit i really dig it so yeah man cool anything else you want to bring up about your week not at all ben what the hell's going on in idaho man uh i've been lasering a bunch of shit uh so what laser do you do you use i've got the creality Laser Falcon 10 watt. Okay, I have the Falcon 2 now. They sent me. Did you get it for nice. free? Did they send it to you? Well, this was a, a Chris Powell trade. Uh, oh, okay. For an apron uh, setup. And gotcha. uh, I'll tell you, it given the choice, CNC or high-powered CO2 laser with a big old bed, you know, some really slick laser. I would go laser any day, mm-hmm. any fucking day. Um, but I've been making for the for Sam's Little League, the whole league, I made little uh, wooden medallions for the rookies and t-ball kids with, like, lanyards on them. Uh, so they're about, I don't know, two inch by two inch little medallions that said, you know, South Boise Little League and the year and rookies or T-ball. And it made 250 of those things. Uh, and then I'm cranking out about 120 first and second place trophies uh, for majors and minors uh, baseball and then majors and minors uh, softball as well. Nice. So, yeah, it came ended up being a pretty pretty nice little order i'll tell you man you can turn a profit with these little shit and lasers it's kind of amazing how uh effortless it becomes i cut 250 of those medallions out right and literally i did it in my spare time (laughs) you know i what are the medallions made out of so i made them out of uh three millimeter baltic birch plywood Okay. Yeah. So they're wood. Yeah. They do. They, yeah. That thing works pretty great on wood. We're, it really does. We just yeah. got ours out. So Creality nice. sponsored this project nice. and said, like, hey, we want to send you a Falcon 2 22 watt yeah. laser. Ah, that'd be and sweet. Yeah. Well, they make a 40. Like, we asked for the yep. 40. I told them, like, look, my audience wants fast. They want to work on metal. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, oh, okay, we'll send you the 40. And then when it got here, it was the 22 uh, or whatever. And I'm like, uh, get the fuck out of here. Anyway. Did you get the air assist for it? I did. All? They did send me the air assist and the enclosure and everything. So I normally never take these sponsorship deals because yeah, I always feel like. That's a good one, like though. I, Creality's a killer. Creality's pretty great. Yeah, they're yeah. good folks. And, they, and they're also, you know, they've got a Bamboo Labs, you know, basically the X1 Carbon. They essentially you know, of course yeah. knocked it off real quick and yep. created their own version of it. So well, I'm like, probably, you know, they, they saw factory. that. I, 
Well, I'm sure, and it's yeah. it looks exactly the same. And and they saw that I had four of the bamboo labs, and, and right. like, they were like, "Oh, can we send you a laser?" I'm little, you know, all this shit, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I, I yeah, all right." And, and and the whole shtick is we're gonna use a laser to make the stuff that we're bringing to Blade Show, and we're making nice. a video about that, like so. displays and stuff like that. No, like or... we're making wallets and like this oh, little, yeah. like those stretchy carbon fiber wallets with like the yeah. aluminum on the outside. Yeah, we're Killer. doing those. What kind of carbon rulers. fiber are you using? <laughs> just whatever. It's just, just the shit you get on AliExpress. It's like we're not making the actual wallets. Right. We're like buying them and then lasering our but shit. But it on. is like, you know, um, when you look at the machine, right, it looks so unassuming, doesn't it? I mean, there's nothing to these damn things. Well, <laughs> I found it very interesting that you use like uh, that light burn software or whatever. That's you don't even use standard. the Creality shit. Yeah. yeah. No, that's because it was just. I, I was confused. I'm like, why doesn't Creality have their own software? They do. It, it just makes sucks. no sense. It does. Yeah, that's what yeah. I've now figured out. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's and cool. That's so it. you're lasering some shit. So that's fun. yeah. I've been lasering a bunch, and uh, st- still it's just kind of going back and forth with uh, the Atlanta job, you know, which is par for the course uh i've not talked about that in a little while but they now i've been able to go direct with the contractor and architects on the ground there so that's been really helpful um i had to produce a set of shop drawings which um not having ever really done much commercial work i wasn't too familiar with what the hell that was um but in the end it's kind of just um have you ever heard of an as-built so an, an as-built drawing would be something you create after you do the work, like, say, to show where the wiring is or something oh, like that. Okay. That makes sense. Um, a shop drawing is something that doesn't necessarily need to be inspected. So, like, my work won't go through an inspection process like a, like a framing crew would or an electrician or a plumber. Um, yeah. And it's basically just to detail out some of my connection points, you know, where uh, certain things will connect to columns and where it'll connect to the floor and really to specify in detail and in, you know, in words and in pictures, how those connections are made. So I chicken scratch together a number of things, some on paper, some in SketchUp, some in Illustrator, and about six or seven documents later, they uh, came back to me and they're like, yeah, we, we, we're going to need a set of formal uh, draw, uh, drawings here. We need an elevation and, you know, four or five other drawings. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I can't. Ow. And, and f- first of all, fuck. And second of all, this is bullshit. You know, let me do my fucking work. This is not a structural uh, build at all. You know, you guys should if I tell you that what you have provided for backing in the walls is sufficient, you should just trust me and away we go. But it was <laughs> just a trust moment. me, bro. Just yeah. trust me. But it was one of those weird moments, you know. I mean, the whole time I've I've known that I'm in way the fuck over my head. I know that. You know. <laughs> but it was one of those moments where it was like, uh oh, they're starting to think that too. <laughs> oh, know, I see. Yeah. It's like, uh-oh, they're starting to doubt me. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, I'm good still good friends with the architect that we hired. Oh shit, almost 10 years ago now to design the second story edition of our house. So, 
the uh, about five seconds after I let that doubt enter my mind where they weren't really confident in my abilities, I replied back saying, no worries at all. I will meet with my architect this evening and we'll get the drawings knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let me pull the, I have an architect card. Look at me. I'm important. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just a beer drinking buddy. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I have the same thing on my end. Whenever I yeah. need structural stamps for anything, I have a close yeah. friend who is a structural engineer. No one I show him man. the drawings. And he goes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. It looks yep. good. And he puts a stamp on And it's on helpful, and, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, Jimmy and I sat down for, shit, almost two hours the other night. And um, I think if if you work with a, a really good architect um, that also has good design sense, it's phenomenal the difference that makes. Because mm-hmm. Jimmy, like put ideas into my head and brought up things and showed me options that I never in my wildest dreams would have considered. You know, I mean, it's, it's a very simple build all in all, but just a few little things that he added to it will not only make it look better, but they'll make my install work easier. They'll make my install work, you know, uh, look more professional, costless, you know, all, mm. so it was well worth it, and I probably should have brought him on board a lot earlier. Um, but, yeah. But all in all, that thing's moving right along and looking pretty good. So Nice. Very nice. Well, Fantastic. Brian, what, what the hell's yeah, going on in Florida? In house? Well, I am, I've, I'm getting ready because uh, after Blade Show, we're doing this uh, top secret uh, thing that I haven't really talked about. I was on the Hustle and Grind podcast, and I mentioned it in the after show um, that we're doing what's, this is the first annual Foundry project, which is we've invited a select few f- folks to come down after Blade Show and hang out and play around with some of our prototypes and that we're working on currently. And then, um, and so obviously I've got a lot of work to prepare for that. That's like, you know, getting all this stuff together has been quite a thing. Um, we're also working on t-shirts and a new set of t-shirts and new set of stickers for blade. So, so we should, and we just got notification from the screen printer that all of that is done or close to done and we'll have it for the show. You use somebody local for that, don't you? Yeah, in our building. Yeah, there's somebody nice. here that does it. And she's got like one of those huge octopus machines that just yeah. you know, does all the automatic, uh, you know, it's really fun. It's cool. Love me cool to watch octopus. her work. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then, Jeez. so we're getting prepared for the influx of about seven or eight folks that are going to come down after Blade. And these are all, I would say, industry people who are either friends of ours or people that, um, you know, I respect their opinion. I want them here. I want them hanging out. Um, we're going to do that for three days. We've rented a house for them here right near our shop. So, you know, when they come into town, um, they have a place to stay. There's no cost to them, you know, stuff like that. So we're all so, going to just hang out and eat and um, make things be, and drink, be you know, play around. Make sure. So you've got, you've got a couple, you've got some people that are industry leaders, people you really respect and then some other bastard Wait, not, that's just tagging along. I'm not <laughs> Brian invited. is invited. Yes. That, 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 sounds like, yes. that sounds like a perfect description for me, but I'm not even invited. 
Well, you know, the thing was is that we got everybody from Blade Show. So if you weren't invited, don't feel bad about that. It wasn't it was just that we yeah. wanted well, be because of this project we're, we'll be releasing very soon and um so um you know, like Dennis Terrell's coming and Koi Baker's coming. You know, just, just like some people that I am, yeah, you know, I'm close on. with in the industry. Uh is very business esque, I will say, yeah. uh behind it. So uh, that'll be fun. And then, of course, you'll see a ton of social media about that. And that's the reason why I built that big Koi Baker, uh, Baker Forge and Tool uh, Forge. Yeah, nice. Because when the guys are all down here for the Foundry Project, we will be finishing that forge together and then making. I just got a huge box of steel in the mail from Koi, and we'll be making Damascus. And so what will happen is. Everyone who is here is going to be able to sit and learn from Dennis Terrell and Coy Baker and uh, Nick Tobin on their methods, best methods of making Damascus, Q-Mai, Bronze Mai, and all of that. So actually making it here. So that will be amazing. I just got freaking goosebumps. I'm so fucking excited. It's really going to be like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of FOMO going on from everyone who's watching this unfold here like um, the online first and stuff, inaugural so. annual uh, kickoff. You gonna try to do this every yeah. year? So or? yeah, yeah. Next year nice. we'll do it and we'll make it a little bigger. Um, this year was just a trial run, and because okay, so if you fly all the way from say California, like Dennis Terrell, yeah. he's flying into Atlanta. It's not that far of a stretch for him to hop a ride back down to Florida and then fly back home after three days. You know, it's just stuff like that that. You know, we we figured, hey, you're already taking time off for the yeah. show anyway. Take what's a couple on more days? That trip this summer, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's like what's mm-hmm. what's a couple more days? Uh, so that'll so, be really an amazing uh, week. So Dennis, so you got Koi Baker is going to show us how to do bronze mine. We've got we've got uh, pickle cutters that'll show us Q mine. Is Dennis Tyrell going to whip out the gold or what? I feel like no, I feel like we need no, the uh, I doubt that. the whole experience. <laughs> I think really probably we'll do some focus on um, maybe some patterns or something if we have time. You know, it'll be very, you know, with with pattern welded steels, you you know, time is of the essence and we don't have a ton of time. So it'll probably be very simple things that we do together, but it'll be very it'll be very informative and it'll be a lot of fun. So that's I'm literally looking forward to that. And of course, we're going to be using Revolution Grinders. Apollo forges for all of it. And it'll be, it'll be a beautiful thing. So we're getting ready for that. And then also this week I am taking on the, uh, just a slightly experimental process of building a raspberry pie controlled kiln. And I am, I think there's some people thinking that I'm doing this for a business reason. Like I'm trying, I'm going to make one or sell them later down the road. I definitely have no plans to do that. I'm doing this because Years ago, I made a video on YouTube about converting my old kiln to run on a PID controller. The one Achilles heel of that PID of the uh, that system is the controller itself. Like even if you buy like a really nice controller, unless it's got some sort of touchscreen interface, even my Paragon, you know, my Paragon Pro. Put yourself on mute, Ben. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, some just fell off the walls. Like, oh, my God. Holy oh my God. cow. I tried to catch it. I just watched it fall. Okay, sorry. I'll go on mute. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, so even if you use the like a Paragon Pro kiln, it's not super intuitive. It, it's just a weird interface mm. with a lot of like silly programming. And the PID controllers, 
don't get me started. Like it is a lot of brain work that you have to learn how to program those things. And there's some guys that get it right out of the box and they're like, I don't even know why you're doing this. You're reinventing the wheel. This is stupid. Um, and then there's other guys who go, I know why you're doing this because you're right. It is a pain in the ass to program those things. And especially if you want to have multiple programs like I do, like I want to have different tempering yeah. cycles. I want to be have able to cure at- powder coat and Cerakote and all that. And those are all way different programs. And believe it or not, that little PID can do it, but you're hitting this little tiny button and you're hoping to God you don't fuck something up and erase everything when you're doing it. <laughs> using a little tiny LED screen, you might as well be programming on an old Casio watch. Yes. It is super antiquated and I, I don't like, like it. So I want something different. I feel like, looked- Brian, you have to. It seems like you have to do something off the wall like this every once in a while just to do something new. Like there's something about you where you've got to take on some sort of crazy little project, side project, just to like, is there, is there like an itch in the back of your mind? You just have to scratch every once in a while. Yeah, because just like anybody, if you do the same thing over and over and over, which I do a lot of, you know, it gets boring. You want yeah. that. You want something to, you're right. It's like, I need that part of my brain to be stimulated. And then of course it gives me something to share on social media. That's new, you know, that yeah. people haven't seen before. Yeah. And I'm, ex- I'm giving away like all this data to people who are going, Holy shit. I want that. Like, and if at some point I, let's just say I make a video on this and maybe I will. Um, that's, you know how many people have built that kiln thing that I built? I mean, that, that video has got, I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of views on that. And I get messages from people all the time in the ceramics and glass world, a bunch of people found not just, you know, that's the beautiful part about working with a kiln is that there's a lot of uses for it. It's not just for knife making. So the, you know, you get all these other people. In fact, I've had people buy my Apollo forge to do glass work in. So wow. I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of spans a lot of different uh, areas. And so, and I'm learning something. Plus, I have this old kiln I paid $250 for five years ago. And it's hard to use. So I tend to not use it. And I think to myself all the time, like, oh, it would be really great. You know, I could just throw all the stuff in that kiln. I could temper it all at once. It would be no big deal. But I don't want to deal with that stupid fucking pid. I hate it. I don't want to do it. So I end up doing it in small batches in the Paragon, which is, I would say, you know, the PID controllers like 1920 and the Paragon controllers like 1965. You know what I mean? It's just not that much better, but it's better. So So I guess the reason if you haven't checked out piekiln.com, I did. I looked at it after you made that comment. Yes. It's pretty crazy, man. Um, so they it have, seems like a dead project though. It, like it I doesn't know. seem like the guy's I, doing much with it now. I've never I've not messaged him, but he seems like the kind of I, I did a little poking around, digging into his sort of portfolio, and he's got a number of projects like that that yeah. um I think met you know, met a need that he had and then he just put it down. Um but it's open source creative commons license. And it, it doesn't seem like honestly, it would take a whole hell of a lot to make it a badass knife, um, yep. you know, knife treating oven controller. Cause it had the ability to store recipes and recall recipes. And, yep. 
Yep. The only and so thing does I, this one that I found. This yeah. one has all that. It's just that it's buggy and it's a dead right. project, so there's no support. And yeah. I have never w- ever done any Python script work at all. Oh no! And I managed to go in and correct a couple of things. Python's nice. I know very little code work. Yeah. I know Send enough it to in be the dangerous. Chat GPT, man. Well, uh, that's what. Uh, um, uh, uh, Richard Beck said, and he tried yeah. a couple of things, and he said it did work for him. So, yeah, yeah. it's just stuff like that that uh, you know Fun. I'm working on and goofing around. Plus, I'm getting ready for Blade Show, so that's that's all good. But I'm very anyways, excited. I'm done with my thing. I'm excited that you're bringing back that larger kiln because first of all, there are always like there's one or two of those around on Facebook Marketplace, like those old you know those big glass or ceramic you know kilns. So it's yep. always so tempting to go and pick one of those up and just watch the video that you did and rebuild it and make it so it works with knives. And even if you even if you have a Paragon or an Even Heat or what, one of the other kilns, what are you going to do when you want to do a sword? Yeah, you need to have point. that really long that because depth. that's one of the things that I'm starting to think about for the upcoming, you know, we just finished up a challenge. So now we're, I'm starting to think about the next one, what I'm going to do. How the hell do you heat treat a sword properly other than sending it off to somebody? Because, you know, unless you make a, like, you can't, you can't put a whole entire sword, unless you've got like a, a mile long paragon. I mean, come on. <laughs> so I've, I've been kind of looking into one of those projects and I've been kind of kicking it around, but it, it's good to see that you have kind of brought up that mantle again to you know hey maybe maybe you'll make that so much better and make that project a lot easier and more attainable so i have a question for the two of you and this is kind of like a side question maybe even a little bit of a bit so i recently just bought something that you know i bought it for the shop and this this isn't the sandblast cabinet and all that situation but i bought something for the shop and just realized after i have it all set up like this is an absolutely unnecessary thing. This was just like a little luxury uh, thing. Unnecessary but awesome? Or Unne- That's what I'm saying. Is it, okay. it was like, it was something I bought in the moment because it was available for cheap, but it was a me. luxury thing. So <laughs> my personal one is I just bought one of those little robot vacuums. Like uh-huh. there, I found yeah. one on Facebook Marketplace for, for $25. Yeah. For, yes. Nice. I've wanted to do that forever. We have so, a Roomba. Upstairs. So the thing, the thing, the reason why I bought it, first of all, is $25 brand new. You know, Man, come on, that's, that's almost nothing. And my thought is if I just pick up all like, if I have a nail drop, I'll just pick that up. If I have like a piece of whatever drop, you can Dude, pick up the big. $25, let that fucker go and munch whatever the hell it wants. All the carbon fiber dust, all of yeah. like, I've just opened up all the doors and let that thing go for a couple days and everything is spotless. So it worked, it worked well, eh? Yeah, perfect. I've seen, I don't know that it's Ryobi or someone has sort of an industrial shop Roomba, if you will. Um, but I've often wondered, you know, like, shit, our, those things are pretty fucking amazing. We have a Roomba. We've had it for probably a six, seven years now. Um, and it just, we just have it in the upstairs. So yeah. Uh, our bedroom and bathroom and closets, and then the the office is all hardwood. We literally have carpet in three rooms of our house. The rest mm-hmm. is all hardwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm blown away at what that thing picks up. 
You know, right. once a month, I I have to literally tear the whole fucking thing apart to clean it because it it just picks up so much shit, like yeah. hair and fucking nasty. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah. you're impressive. So That's my question to you two: When's the last time you bought something that was just like a little luxury thing that you didn't need to buy, but mm. it was just like a oh fuck it, why not? Mine's the leather sewing machine because oh, in yeah. the end. Yeah, you know, like in the in the end, the project converted to wood, and so it was no longer a leatherwork project. By all intents and purposes, I could have, maybe, uh, should have sent, you know, just canceled the order for the sewing machine. But I said no, no way. I have, you know, I had the order placed. It was already in transit, and I'm like, this thing is going to pay for itself so quickly, um, and it has. You know, nice. I could still be hand stitching aprons and that, that's okay. It would work, but not nearly as good or as fast as that machine does. It's a fucking dream. So Brian, tell us about your hundred thousand dollar, you know, little luxury <laughs> thing. Uh, I actually was going to mention the fireball tool adjustable combo square that I mm. bought for, I paid like 260 some odd dollars for this thing. And I am a uh, I am a full time fireball tool fanboy, mm, and I have gotten deals from Jason, you know, on the big table and stuff. But most of the stuff I just pay full retail for because I love his work and I love to support, you know, his his uh, uh, type of uh, business. And uh, so I, he makes these combo squares, and this is a big one. It's eighteen inches long. And stainless steel, and then the body of it is all made out of cast iron. Well, he, you know, they sell out every run he does. Like he'll he'll put a run out on um, Instagram, and by the time I see the reel, it's usually sold out. Well, I got one this last round, and it's everything you could imagine it could be. It's fucking heavy and huge, and it makes all like like I did a big welding project this week, uh, built a new workbench and stuff, and it was just perfect. I'm like, God. Fucking love this thing. It's great. Nice. So nice. Yep. All right. Total so luxury. Splurge. We're getting down towards the hour. So let's all pick out at least one WFI project and then we can uh kind of get towards the end of the show. I got so, an easy one right off the bat. I know exactly which one I'm gonna bring up. Um, do it. It's the Tortuga Blade Works. Um he did a, a Koa handle over tuxedo black white G10 liners. He's got this beautiful forged piece with a fuller in it. It is Brian's work is just in every time he releases something, it's just better and better every time. So yeah, beautiful work, Brian. Why? Thank you. <laughs> ah. here. All right. So I've got Maximus knives. We all know Neo. He put up this little post, and it's these three wooden handles, and it's three of the same design, but out of three different types of wood. He didn't quite say what it was, but the thing is, is he, in the comments, said he took a static post for hashtag WFI projects. Maybe they'll see it then. Here's the thing, guys. Everybody is posting reels. It Instagram is reel after reel after reel. But when we do the hashtag WFI projects, we are going through the static pictures. That If yes. you're not being seen, maybe that's why. Because for a long time, we thought that Neil wasn't being shown. 
the thing is, yeah. is he's just been posting reels and we don't look through the reels. So, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, good point. Good, good point. Sense. Good, good dot connection there. Come Jump on, on the static picture. Jump on. We'll it. talk to. We'll talk about it. We'll see you. That's the way mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. All right, Ben. Crafted in NJ. Um, good uh, buddies with uh, our man. Um, oh golly, I'm drawing a freaking blank. Uh, Blackthorn Concepts, Keith over there at Blackthorn. Crafted in NJ makes um, 3D carved American flags and other power carved work that is phenomenal. Just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And uh, he says, the start of a new flag, all carved, sanded, and the patches are placed to make sure it all fits. So... He's got a, a flag rolling there, but good dude. He had a podcast for a, a short minute there. He was on um, another podcast with um, some military woodworking dudes. And I can't, I'm, 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 this is terrible because I don't remember the fucking names of any of this shit. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was on a podcast there and then he uh, also had his own little podcast for a little while. And uh, just a good dude. Um, so check it out. Crafted, C-R-A-F-T-E-D-I-N-N-J. Crafted in N-J as in New Jersey. All right. I've got, I've got one more before we get to the dad joke. This one comes from Brigham, Brigham Kendall. It's hashtag F-P-P-O-S fire pit piece of shit that took off dude he took he took a picture of the fire pit he was around and here's the thing guys that's all right this weekend only oh my god (laughs) this weekend as we all know is memorial day weekend so go out be a fire pit piece of shit take a picture let us see it post it with hashtag fppos and maybe throw a hashtag wfi projects as well Thank you, Brigham. I've done a couple. I posted on the on the work for it Instagram page. You know, we're having fun. I saw like a couple people post pictures of fire pits and like either tag uh, us or tag WFI projects or whatever in it. And I didn't even know they listened to the show. So it was like kind of funny, like to like see somebody. I was like, oh, shit, they they hear they heard it, too. Well, here's the homework, guys. This weekend, get up, get around a fire pit. Have yourself a beer. Take a picture of your feet up against the fu- against the rocks, and you know, post it. Put it a uh, hashtag WFF projects hashtag FPPOS fire pit piece of shit. Let's let's all see who <laughs> listens and who actually will do it. I want to see it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Very good. All right. Hey, listen. Let's move into a dad joke, Brian. You got that trombone all greased up. Oh, you know it, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you call a dog that does magic? <laughs> what do you call it? A labracadabrador. <laughs> that's, that's a Steve Armstrong. I don't know if you guys know Steve Armstrong, but uh, Steve Armstrong, uh, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for that uh, dad joke. And we are about ready to transition into the after show. If you want to be a part of that, you can by joining our Patreon. And then you get a, a, to listen in on 52 after shows. 
and we do other other projects over there um discuss uh, knife collabs and all this other stuff so anyways go check out uh work for it on patreon that's www.patreon.com forward slash work for it and you can become a patron for as little as ten dollars and eighty cents a year and i guarantee you you're going to get way more value out of that ten dollars and eighty cents than you ever would if you were to buy a beer and sit down next to a fire pit you piece <laughs> Ooh, of shit fucking a. we bring the fucking value baby all, all that right, money you're question? gonna spend on that on that uh on that firewood yeah yeah it, it is it's gonna be yeah. well spent on the patron yeah. side don't all right. forget you gotta work to get that goddamn firewood too fuckers this is a good question for Ben. This is uh, so uh, we do a question from a patron, and this is from Clint Long, and uh, he says I've been struggling with balancing time out in my shop. My biggest Ooh. draw away is my youngest child. He is six, and oh, he loves man. hanging out with dad. I feel yeah. terrible ever saying to him, "No, no, you can't come out here and work. I need to work in the shop." I've been trying to figure out a way to incorporate him into the shop. Or have something he could do safely while I'm out there. But it is a small shop and I really don't see how I can safely have him spend time out there with me. Any suggestions on how to safely incorporate a six-year-old into the shop so he feels like he's spending time with dear old dad? I mean, Sam oh, still and, has uh, eight fingers, you know. <laughs> right? I mean. Exactly. What the hell? How many Chicks do you need? dig scars. So yeah. there's quite a story there. <laughs> So we'll talk about this in the after show because this is a great question. Ben has, uh, pro- Ben's probably the most recent, you know, he's got younger kids than I do, but I had my kids in my workshop, so we have a good answer for it. We'll see you in the after show. 